I think that it's about people, perseverance, discipline. You know, always being positive, always being thankful to be able to even do what we have done. She's life. Maybe all in. Give it your full heart. It's just the hero's journey. This is out of fairy tale. Welcome back, everyone, to the How to Fairy Tale podcast. I'm here with my amazing co-host, my wife Miranda. And I'm also here with a very special guest, Andy Williamson, that I've had the pleasure to to get to know just a little bit over the last few months. Uh, the thing with Andy that you've got to know is he I met him at a coffee shop, and this guy uh, takes time out of his busy day um, to still text me randomly throughout the day at the most perfect times on earth. It's like he just knows Paul needs to hear this right now. And uh, Andy has done a lot of cool things. Andy grew up, um, his dad was a pastor. And Andy, if you, if you could see him right now, I got to tell you, he's got the coolest hair in the world. He's got some like <laughs> shaved, shaved on the sides of his head. He, he drives a Jeep Wrangler, which I knew when I first saw him. I was like, this guy definitely drives a Jeep. Um, and uh, grew up as a pastor's kid. And I, I think he's probably just like one notch too different for the just sort of normal conservative picture most people have in their head of what that what that might mean. So he goes off, starts uh, starts writing for a magazine, eventually has a marketing agency working with NASCAR and some other amazing, uh, cool uh, motor companies. And finally, someone said, hey, man, I think you need to start a church. And he's like, no, no, that's that's not for me. I'm not doing that. But what do you know? Now he is running uh, what he calls really a movement here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he's just changed the lives of a lot of people, um, a lot of the homeless community. He has just really uh, poured his life into. And so, Andy, thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I got to just jump right in and ask you a question. Like, what is it that drives you to care? Because this is what I've seen about you, about the individual and the community as a whole. How do you stay so focused and so driven on one person like me? Like you're willing to text me in the middle of your crazy busy day and yet still be able to impact a whole city like you're trying to do right now? I think the important you, you can't you can't uh, will a community to do something. You, you can hope they'll do it, but you can't just will it to happen. So, you know, in the early things when you're pulling a business out of the ground, when you're pulling a podcast out of the ground, when you're doing anything that that takes um, great perseverance and conviction and and um, a lot of discipline, it really starts with relationships, and it's like one by one. It's like one by one. And after a while, you got four with you and then the math starts taking off. Then they go reach four more, they've got eight. Then all eight of us go reach uh, eight more. We got 16, 32, you know, 64. So it's a relationship-based piece. Obviously, everyone I come in contact, I can't um, spend as much time as I want with, with everybody or create uh, strong relationships, but you have to be in tune. I think there's something really um, important about just being in tune with certain humans that come through your 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 pathway, um, there's divine connections at times that you just need to stop and be like, all right, hold on, that right there, which is what kind of happened to me and you in the coffee shop. You know, I was either about to leave or you were about to leave. And I was just like, hey, um, I noticed you were asking this. And then that just started our conversations about all kinds of things with publishing, et cetera. And, um, and it started a, a conversation and a relationship. I think you gotta be really careful that uh, to take for granted the people that come inside your life. And can you give everybody 100% of your time? No, you can't. But um, I think the more self-aware you are, and that takes discipline to create self-awareness for yourself, the more self-aware you are of the things going around you. Who knows, you might, you might run into somebody that could uh, open up a lot of doors or you can help open doors for them. And, um, and so I think it's just important to be aware of the humans that are in front of you. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, right before we were talking offline a little bit and you were talking about starting a movement and you said, you know, if you're going to start a movement, you got to have these qualities, you got to do these things. Can you, you know, tell us a little bit more about that and what you were going to say? 
Yeah, I mean, so to create great change, um, it's one thing when we go down, to, let's say if we want to help homeless people, and so we bring them uh, what we call um, a hygiene kit. You know, it could be toothbrushes, some socks, it could be um, sanitizers, whatever we have in the, in the kit that they would need, power bars and things of that nature. And that helps them today. Um, but to create a movement, we want to help move them out of homelessness. And so I'm limited in my mind. My mind is limited and I have a limited bandwidth. But if I can get other people around me that are, that are infected and they find purpose in helping people, somebody really smart is going to be in that group that figures out a way to help move them from homelessness to a possible job, to a possible X, to a possible X. So the key is not just doing the most you can do by yourself. That's limited. I, I'm only going to be able to affect change very, very small by myself, but I can affect great change by creating and helping other people find purpose and the, what they're good at affecting people that maybe aren't, are, aren't deficient in those areas. So a movement is way more important to create if you want to have mass change um, and help. When I say change, I just mean help to, to people. Um, you need to create a movement because a movement has energy. You know, a movement has power. A movement, when, you, when somebody's operating in their purpose, forget it. It, come hell or high water, they're going to do whatever it takes to fulfill what, what that is because it's their purpose. You can't pay them enough for it. You can't incentivize them enough for it. And if they were not paid for this, they're going to do it on their free time. That's mm. the people you want in your group to help you create mm. a movement. And especially if you can, if you can cast some vision, vision's really, really important. And let's use the old acronym of KISS, you know, keep it simple, stupid. This is what we need to do. <laughs> this is how yeah. to do it. And, and then have other really smart people. Make sure you're, you're, you're not the smartest person in the room. Make sure mm -hmm. of that. Make sure there's some, some other people around you that are just brilliant at certain things and allow their genius to, to shine through. And I think that's a leadership quality. Don't, don't overrun people just to prove that you are the leader in the room. Um, mm -hmm. Allow their geniuses to shine through and then put them to work. And so, yeah, I think mm -hmm. a movement is, is vital if you want to see great hope and, and great change in people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, I think one thing, um, one thing that's really interesting is that you, you, you were saying earlier how you know, offline, you were like, you know, I can get somewhere on my own and I can do it. And I can be driven because you have a lot of drive. I mean, you're a very self-disciplined person. You get up, I don't know, what do you get up at like 3 a.m. in the morning or something every day? <laughs> yeah, close to four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so you've, you've got that part nailed down. Um, but, you know, I think there's, there's a saying, like, if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. But if you want to uh, go somewhere great, go with people, um, something to that effect. And yeah. you were saying, like, yeah, I've just kind of started to realize, like, the drive is awesome and the passion is awesome. But it's really about how do I ignite that in other people? Um, so what have you seen? I'm just interested, like, working with a lot of other people and working with people that are, I mean, you've got to, you have people in your church that are these great business leaders. And you also have people that don't have a permanent address. And what have you yeah. seen that's common about you finding what, how to ignite their dreams and how do you, what did you find that these are the buttons you push with people? Like, how do you do that? So I think I had to go back to my original dreams as I was younger and I oh. can, can look at this and I can be a little bit embarrassed about it, but I can also be truthful and I can help them see mm -hmm. through my own humanity on how I've gotten to where I've gotten. So my dreams when I was younger is I wanted things houses, cars, whatever that case is, I wanted things. So I wanted to accomplish things that brought success, whatever that looks like and means. Um, and then uh, I had things to show for that I am successful. Therefore, I make myself feel good about myself. But the problem is, is that when I 
got all those things, I was still chasing more of them. So I was never really fulfilled. And so until I got out of my own way of fulfilling my desires of what I thought made me feel important, when I started to serve others and I started to help them get out of challenges that they were in, it's when my life changed forever. So once I started to learn that when I was serving and I was just loving somebody right where they're at, I had no strength attached. It didn't matter if they could pay for something, not pay for something. It didn't matter if they did all of the things to put them in a position that they're in. It didn't matter. They're in a position. How can I help them? Whether that's a single mom that's just struggling, whether it's a grandma that, that is in a home taking care of some grandkids that, that doesn't have a hot water heater, whether it's a, a, a person that's on the streets that's one of our homeless neighbors. It doesn't matter what the story is. It matters that they have other chapters left. So you got to speak into that, that these are just chapters. What they've gone through so far is just chapters. The book's not over. So then you speak life into people. I started to notice when I was starting to speak life into people, it's what I always wanted in my own life. And so I started to speak life into people and they, they ignited. And when I noticed that, then I could go back and I can say, okay, I can show, um, I can show, uh, I can defend what we are doing. Hey, these are life changes that are happening. These are things that are happening because we serve a certain way, um, because we we care a certain way. And so, you know, a lot of businesses, even, you know, forget it, churches are the worst at this. Um, you know, they, they'll put up sayings on their walls and all this crap, but we rarely ever do it. You know, it's let's go be the hands and feet. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Let's go do, you know, we, we, we use these like words, but but we rarely just do it. And so when we started to to be a community or a church, if you will. Um, my goal was to not just do something on Sunday. My goal was to be known in the community more than they even knew where our address was. I wanted them to see us doing things all over the city where they were confused. They didn't even know where the heck we were planted. So mm-hmm. the, the key then is when I started to serve, I, I started to get life change in myself. I started to put that into other people. And so back to your to your question, Paul, of like how do you how do you invest into many um, or why do you invest even into singles? Because if I can find that one that gets that aha moment and they catch, catch wind, man, they'll, they'll start going and serving and do things in, in a really powerful way. And, and, uh, man, it's cool. It's, um, it's neat to see people catch life. And a lot of times they're not fulfilled at, at, at work. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing a job. They're not really fulfilled at work. Unfortunately, and I hate this part of it. Some of them are not fulfilled at home. I hate that. Um, and so, you know, helping them find purpose and serving others and seeing somebody's eyes light up that you actually took uh, an interest in them. It does create change. It, it creates a little bit of hope. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that that's, if I can answer it that way, it's, it's creating, creating that movement. It, it takes, it takes a lot of people and you got to invest in, in individuals to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's dig deeper on that. You said a lot of people probably aren't fulfilled at work. And, you know, you see that people, they go to work and they're not happy and they come home and they live for the weekends. Um, and if you think about, you know, raising up this next generation, how do we communicate to them about, you know, living their purpose and living their dreams so that they're fulfilled, but also so that, you know, they serve others? And how do you communicate with the next generation about that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in an interesting piece. So I own an agency, a creative agency, a marketing and advertising agency that I've owned for 17 years. But mm-hmm. it's, the agency isn't what it is today because of me. The agency is because of the, a lot of the people that work alongside of me. Mm-hmm. And so that fuels me and that gets, that, that pays my daily life. And I get to mm-hmm. do things at nights, mornings and weekends to serving others. But if I did not have my day job, 
I could not do what I do on the weekends and on the nights and in the mornings. So I don't look at the thing that is an inhibitor. I look at it as it's something that's helping me. So even if somebody is, is in a job where they're just not feel fulfilled, but they're, they're looking mm-hmm. at the wrong things, they're looking at the challenges as a challenge, but the challenge should be a, a, an opportunity to grow. A challenge is just there for me to figure out, uh, okay, cool. How do I get better? How do I grow? Everything comes down to a mindset, uh, you know, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes we just need a, a paradigm shift. Instead of looking at the negative parts of this, like, oh, man, the, the trash is always overflowing. Thank God there's so much trash here. They need me. I'm the best trash taker outer in the world. Like, I am killing mm-hmm. it. And, and, and you just yeah. change that change that mindset, you know? So it's like, Hey, I want to get a job to, to, uh, and everybody, when they're doing an interview, that's the best that they'll ever be. Like they're, re- mm-hmm. they're willing to do anything. Right. So if at the point of time when they're trying to get a job to, let's just say, uh, bus tables, but then they get the job and then they complain about busting tables. Well, well, hold on. You knew what the job was. That's not mm-hmm. the problem. The problem, the problem always is my mind. The problem mm-hmm. is usually me. And so if I can just deal with myself, I mean, I can make anything that's a challenge into a positive and, and learn from it. And I don't know about you guys, but if I have to choose who I'm going to be around, if it's somebody that's sucking my joy and draining my battery, or it's somebody that's giving me life and it's fun to be around and has the best stories and is just like, we're going to charge this thing and go do it. I'm taking mm-hmm. the other. That's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you no, know, there's this, this video I watched where, um, there was this homeless gentleman that you invited uh, on stage to explain something. And this was really cool because you guys ended up giving him a place to live. But what I thought was so cool about that, which oh, that was amazing, was that he didn't know that. And he was actually the one helping yeah. repaint it yeah. and remake it. And I think that's what's so cool is that you managed to inspire others. You served others to serve others. Like yeah. the inspiration doesn't, and in that way, it just kind of keeps going. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop that way. Like it doesn't just start with Andy and end with Andy or even end with Andy's, mm-hmm. like his little like circle of people, it, because now he can inspire someone else to say like, Hey, the, the best way to like live your life is to serve other people. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, that was really interesting to me. I was like, man, well, how do I teach my kids that? Like, not just where I'm serving my daughter, but to where that, what she wants to do is go serve her next door neighbor, because maybe her next door neighbor will figure that out. And that doesn't, they'll never remember me, which is the best part of that. It has nothing to do with me. That's just about serving other people. And so I think that's, that's really, really interesting that you've been able to, to capitalize on that. Do do you have a, and that you figured out that's what you love to do. You're like, man, I just like seeing someone's life change for the better. Mm. Was there a moment when that, was this like a slow growth thing? Or was this like, or was there like a moment when you're like, I affected this person's life and I got to do that. But was there a moment when that happened? So you're making me think of like two things. One is my dad was always really good at teaching me how to be a leader. And he would always say a leader is one that knows how to serve. So mm-hmm. a, a good, an owner, an owner picks up trash, buses tables, cleans bathrooms. An owner will take care of all the details. A, a member wants perks. A member wants parking mm-hmm. spots and reserve seats. But an owner, an owner will, wants, will, will create mm-hmm. memories. They want mm-hmm. return guests. And so... You know, I always knew that in order to lead, I have to be the best servant in the whole room. And if I can serve other people's needs, and so that's how we even did it in the agency. I, we don't have salespeople in our agency. We just serve the heck out of our clients. They tell this to other people. In 17 wow. years, we've never had one salesperson in wow. 17 years. And we probably need some. I'd probably be way more successful if I had some. But I'll tell you what we've done <laughs> is we serve and serve and serve and serve. So whatever they want, we give them way more and above than mm-hmm. that. And then that allows them to feel a certain way. So that brings me to my second point. 
you know, I think that um, motivational speakers, uh, pastors, preachers, whatever the heck, anybody that's speaking, we think that people are going to remember what we say, but no one does. They only remember how you make them feel. Mm. They, they rarely can ever tell you like, man, that was great today. Oh yeah. What, which, what part did you like? I remember uh, everything you say, Andy. Don't worry. I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you think about it, you know, you remember a person by how they make you feel in mm. their presence. You don't necessarily can remember everything that they do, but you can remember how they make them, how you make them feel. And, and so I think if we can really uh, put a focus on creating memories and, and creating moments, moments mm. really matter. And when you can create a moment for somebody, um, like you were talking about with Daniel, uh, Daniel Baker is a homeless man that we, that we found in an outreach in 2020, January 2020. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry, January 2021. And uh, pandemic full-blown. Um, he's living on the streets of Charlotte. It was a mess. Uh, they, they put everybody that was homeless into one area, and they called it Tent City. And we found this guy and, and some things uh, uh, started progressing. We became friends with him. And you're right. We started to build him out a trailer, but we, we wanted him to, to serve. No, we didn't want him. He asked to serve in it. We didn't, he, he never knew that this was going to end up being his. So he started mm-hmm. to paint the stairs, et cetera. And he was so detailed on the paint of those stairs. And all he kept saying to me was, whoever gets this place, man, I just mm-hmm. want them to know how nice these stairs are. And I said, you better do a good job. Better do a good job. He got it. He was wanting to create a moment for somebody else. And that moment ended up being for him. So I think there's something really valuable that when you create moments for people, um, man, they'll want to be around you. And, and, And you use your superpower when you need it, right? When you need to affect change and do something, you pull upon that, that ask then. Uh, nobody likes moving anybody. I would rather just pay for a mover to move somebody than ask me to move them. Right. I don't want to move people. It's terrible. It's the most terrible thing ever. But, but if somebody needed me in a, in a, in a, in a pinch, <laughs> if, they, if they needed me in a pinch and they were, they were always there for me, of course I'm going to, to help them. And I think that, um, I think you just got um, to measure that. But creating moments, I think, matter. And, and understanding that a, a true leader is, is one that serves really well. Hmm. That's so interesting. Um, and, and it's interesting you talk about creating moments and, um, we both worked for Disney for a while and that's one of their central tenants, you know, um, is the way that they interact with their guests is, you know, you want to create magical moments and you're mm-hmm. so right about people remember how you feel. And that's why Disney is all about making memories, making moments, you know, they want you to feel a certain way. And that, because that's why you come back, you know? So I think that's so interesting yeah. that you've taken that and applied it to, um, serving other people. Um, that's super interesting. Um, well, let me ask you a question on that. So I'm sure when you were taught to help create moments, Let's say mm-hmm. if you were a character or somebody uh, in the mm-hmm. in Magic Kingdom, right? And you're walking down Main Street, Magic Kingdom, and you see this little girl, little boy, and they finally notice you. And you are whoever the, the character that you mm-hmm. are, right? Mm-hmm. And when you get down on your knee and you're talking to them and you do whatever that character does, and you have that moment and you see their eyes, mm-hmm. their eyes go up. And that's the win, right? They got it. Mm-hmm. They got it. They had that moment with you. Everything that was uh, given to then to bring them to that time mm-hmm. to be at the magic kingdom, it all paid off right there for that family. Mm-hmm. They had that mm-hmm. moment. And so mm-hmm. we all have that ability. It's whether mm-hmm. we're going to exercise it or not. 
And most of the times that is something that is a gift. Um, do you mind if I spend five more seconds on this? Yeah, go, oh, for, yeah, it. go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think of this. Um, an athlete, we've heard this said before. Um, he's just naturally gifted, right? And there's, mm-hmm. there's athletes that are just naturally gifted. And we've seen some that have fallen off because they had, you know, either bad character or didn't show up. They were lazy, but they can mm-hmm. get on a field and they can do certain things that others couldn't, but mm-hmm. yet they never reached their full potential because they never took the gift that was natural and worked at it. Mm-hmm. They just lived off of what they kind of had as a gift. Mm-hmm. I believe that we're all gifted in certain ways to really create spaces, create moments, and it could be mm-hmm. in very different areas, but we don't work hard enough with it internally mm-hmm. to, to develop those special mm-hmm. gifts that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that I like to do the most is see the special gift in somebody else and pull it out and pull it out and pull it mm-hmm. out because they never usually see it in themselves. But mm-hmm. I think just because we're gifted at something doesn't mean that we're going to be the best at it. It means that now we have a gift, let's cultivate that gift. Mm-hmm. And so I think everybody has a gift to make somebody feel special if they'll work on it. So let me ask you this then, you know, number one, how do you find out what your gift is? Um, number two, how, how do you cultivate it? And then number three, how do you learn to um, recognize that gift in somebody else? All right. So um, your first one was, how do you find what you're gifted in? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have all those tests, right? But I cheat on everyone Mm -hmm. because I'm so nervous on what it's going to tell me I am. So (laughs) I I don't. I I got to tell you something really quick on that one time, Andy. I took a, um, I went to grad school, to business school, right? I'm trying to get an MBA. um, And they make you take this career test. And mine literally came up and it said, there is no career that is a match for you. And I was like, yeah. Well, that's, that's pointless, you know. So anyway, just a note on this. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's my personality where I'm so nervous that somebody's going to box me in and tell me that I can't be something because yeah. I don't want that to happen. So like I'll cheat on every single one of these like special gift tests and all that. I, yeah. I, I will answer them different every single time. And so mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know um, if those things work for somebody, you know, that's, right. uh, you know, probably a criminal like myself. But um, <laughs> I, I think good people, I mean, you got to you gotta get around some good seasoned people. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll point it out. They'll say, mm-hmm. man, you're, you're gifted at this. You're just gifted mm-hmm. at this. Man, you could, man, you're gifted at writing. Man, you're gifted at speaking. Man, you're gifted at just, you have the spirit of hospitality. You know, that, that person, mm-hmm. you just come in their house and they're just able to, man, they just set the table just a certain way. They, and, and I think that, that people were, are pointing out your gifts but you got to get mm. in tune with that. So you got to slow down mm. and see what people are pointing out. And I don't think mm. it's a bad thing to even get around some people that are, that are smart and good and gifted with this. And just ask them, hey, you know me. Like, what do you think that I'm good at? And some people will speak such great life. They'll be like, do you know why I call you every day? Because you're so positive. Do you know why I call mm. you every day? Because you, you, you uplift me. You have the spirit of X. And I think people mm. can, can, can help speak that into your life. And then you'll know, you'll, you'll look at it and say, yeah, that is true. And you can start to cultivate that. So that was number one. What was the second part? Um, how do you cultivate once you, you know, know, okay, this is what I'm gifted at. How do you, how do you cultivate that? I think you gotta, you gotta put work in, right? Um, mm. You gotta find other people that are good and gifted at that and see how they're better than you. Mm-hmm. So mm. I, I have a notepad, you know, like everything, um, my iPhone, my iPad, everything syncs together. That little yellow notepad, if that thing went away and somebody over an Apple like messed up and just deleted that off everyone's devices. 
I give up. I have no life left. I <laughs> that notepad is my whole life. And one of the highest notes, you know, if you use the yellow notepad, whatever you typed in last will be the, the, the top note. Well, mm. one of the, the, the highest notes that are always up there are things that I need to improve on myself. Mm. So I'm working at things and I'm like, man, I need to improve that better. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm procrastinating this or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I look at things that I'm good at and I say, good, I want to I want to develop those more, but I also want to develop the things that I'm deficient at. And mm -hmm. I think what you do is you find people that are good in your field or whatever you're gifted at and just, man, best business, best practices. What did they do well that got them to that level? Learn from them, uh, suck that, that whole thing dry and then study, right? I mean, I don't think we're in, in any better age that that is now of, of the amount of education that's at our fingertips on just even a phone mm -hmm. or an iPad or, mm -hmm. or a computer. Like we can learn anything. And, and so if you're really um, devoted on getting better at what you're gifted at, you can get better. But you mm -hmm. got to get up each day and each week and make some goals to, to improve mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes by uh, Macklemore, you know, the, the rapper. And he says mm -hmm. um, in one of his, he has got this line in one of his songs says, the greats weren't great because at birth they could paint, but the greats were great because they paint a lot. Hmm. And it's just like so simple. And I'm like, Amen. he's every time I hear that, I'm like convicted. I'm like, he's right. These guys, and he talks Amen. about Basquiat and all these amazing painters. Amen. And he's like, these guys were good because they did it a lot. And, and I'm like, that's so true. Like we can make this yeah. so much more complicated, but once you find that thing, which, you know, that's helpful, get someone around you, you got to do, get some people that can help you with it, hone your skills. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of practice involved. You know, I mean, lots of practice. I think that yeah. that's the greatest amount of time you put into it is practicing, practicing and practicing. And, and I think that's, that's important. I want to answer your third question. What was the third one about that? Um, how do you learn to recognize somebody else's gift? Um, that may be a gift as well. Um, mm -hmm. that may be a gift that somebody has that is so in tune that is able to really, um, see something in others. Now mm -hmm. I will tell you this, there is nobody I come in contact with where I feel that they're fully doomed. Right. Nobody. Um, I always will find something like, man, I love your hair or like, man, you're, I'll tell you some of the most creative people I've ever been encountered with are my homeless neighbors. They wear the most amazing things. They're able to put mm -hmm. together an outfit like nobody's business. They are mm -hmm. so in tune with culture. They're so in tune with, with humans. They can read people faster than any CEO I've ever dealt with because wow. they have to, that's, that's their survival mm -hmm. instincts on the street. They can mm -hmm. read, they can, they can, they, they know, they know, they you want to talk about people that can get, make something happen out of nothing. Those people are incredible. They make me laugh and I love it. Um, and I think that at times you just have to go in with a mindset that even in the darkest days of somebody's life, there is still good. And, and if you can bring some of that good out, it may take a little bit of layers to peel away. You'll find what they're gifted in. You just got to remind them because a lot of times I think when we're younger, we get beat out of us to stop dreaming and just get to work. Stop, mm -hmm. stop, uh, stop being with eyes of wonder, get your head down and get done whatever you're supposed to get done. And we beat that out of, of, of people in their adolescence. I think that's why Disney world is so interesting, right? And, mm -hmm. and adults will go back to Disney world because it's the, it brings them back to a time in their life mm -hmm. where it was full of awe and wonder. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that there's a gift inside uh, a people that can see that in humans and, and just speak to it. And, I think your mouth has a lot of power, both to kill mm -hmm. and both to give life. 
And mm -hmm. we can choose, we can choose who we want to be. And I just decided a few years ago that I'm going to choose to speak life and uh, I'm not going to worry to accentuate the, 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 the death and, and things, but accentuate the life and things. That reminds me, um, I think it's C.S. Lewis, you can correct me. Um, he said, you know, everybody that you meet is either going to become an everlasting splendor or an immortal horror. horror. And, um, you know, it's our words that are kind of shaping them into one or other of those directions. I just, I think that's so powerful. Yeah, he says, yeah, and right before that, and that's what he says, says you never met a mere mortal. Right. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're, they're meant for something great, and mm -hmm. it's going to be either amazingly great or mm -hmm. essentially horrible. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is what we're just meant to do big things, mm -hmm. and you get to shape the direction that that's going to go. the people around you are going. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Man, uh, and I think one thing I want to tell people about is I just love this because if you look Andy Williamson up, you're going to have to look up the factory. And I just think that's so <laughs> cool because we were talking about one day. I was like, okay, so you hadn't told me this. I was like, I know this guy is like, he, he works with people somehow. And I was like, I just know that you hadn't told me this. And I was like, I think he, he probably is at a church, but it's probably going to be hard to find. And it was, it was kind of, I didn't do some digging, but basically, basically it was called the factory. And you're like, yeah, we actually just call it factory we don't even call it factory church or factory it's just the factory and you had some really good reasons uh why you did that um it can tell us why it's called the factory yeah i mean um so coming from a branding and marketing background uh i just probably will always um lean towards change um mm -hmm. change means that if you're willing to lean towards change whatever is better tomorrow i'm gonna adapt to it but i don't think that there's been anybody that's been more critical um or um or bland than the church it's just boring yeah. <laughs> it's like predictable yeah. and it's such a poor representation of who we say we believe in it's just a very yeah. poor representation so um you know people like comfort but but god is this god of change and of of life and of of power right so like why don't we reflect that and I remember when we were trying to uh, come up with a name and I couldn't figure it out. You know, I was doing all the typical, terrible um, name, like spirit of the well and floating dove, fire, living, hope, water, you know, <laughs> every bad name that a church uh, usually comes up with. And, and just one day I just felt, um, I just had this, uh, this vision of like a, a factory. Like what if we became a factory of hope, you know, and a factory of, of love, but it, we actually didn't just talk about it, but you saw something at the end of an assembly line. It wasn't just like, you know, hey, we are going to do this, but you can see physical living proof of life change, physical living proof of, of help in our community. And so I just kind of likened it under, uh, to, a, to an assembly line. If it's a furniture assembly line or a car being built, it starts out with something that doesn't look like anything. Um, kind of like that Macklemore quote, right? But you start working on it. You start working on it. It takes all these hands down the down the assembly line, and, and all those people are so important. Even down to the one that just puts the, the the wiper blade on, whatever the case is. And at the end of it, you get this beautiful car. But this beautiful car doesn't exist without a lot of people touching it. And I think that's the the the, the life, right? A life of a human is is been touched and impressioned by many many people. Sometimes bad, but sometimes really good. And I think when, when they've been impressioned by really good people, um, greatness comes out at the end of it. And I wanted us to be a factory of that, just a complete turning yeah. mm -hmm. of just of hope and, and, and power. So we will absolutely do things that are very untraditional. Um, we will make fun of ourselves quite a bit. Um, and we will remind ourselves that uh, the most important person um, that we come in contact is the person in front of us and just love them well. And yeah. uh, 
and, and we can make a difference one by one. We can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll just uh, kind of t- tie off on that is um, I don't know if you'll like this comparison, but if you know, Andy Warhol had what he called his studio, the factory. And mm-hmm. I, I happened to be reading about that right when I like met you. And I just, re- I was like, you know, one thing Andy Warhol did, he, did, he was an odd guy, right? But one of the mm-hmm. things he did really well, which I think you do so well, was he found people that other people had like cast out. They were like yeah. the, the B-list actors, right? Or like whatever. <laughs> some of them had some very nefarious backgrounds. But he found them and he put them in his factory and found what they were really good at. And that's how he actually got so much. He got more art done um, at a time. There was like a percentage of the world's art that's being traded is always Andy Warhol's, like a large percentage of it because he he got everyone involved. Like he actually didn't touch more than like 10% of a lot of his art at certain times because he, he got these B-list actors or these throwaways or these kids who weren't good at stuff. And they just wanted to be around him. They were just like, man, you're just a cool guy to be around. And so he was like, well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make art and here's the part I'm good at. What are you good at? And they would just end up with this really cool thing. And he found a way to get everyone's gifts involved. Um, and I just think that's really cool because I think you do that. And I, I think it's funny because he also called his studio factory. So I don't know, it's just interesting to me, but. Well, you, you make me you make me think of something. Um, yeah. You know, uh, how many like really gorgeous, smart, rich people do we know? Like very few, right? Like these are weird, genius. Right. these are unicorns. But like, yeah. if you're like, hey, do you know somebody that's a little out of shape and has a crappy job and um, and just you know <laughs> doesn't doesn't do really well with their finances? I'd be like, oh, I know a ton of those. <laughs> right. Well, okay, cool. Right. So let's just so if if we're trying to reach humans, mm-hmm. but we're but we show on like social or our websites these beautiful unicorn people that really don't exist. You just found three of them and you put them on a stage and you make that look like that's what your church is or that's what your community is. It's a lie. There's only like two or three mm. of them in there. But if you show people that are just your normal people that are busted and yeah. just, um, it, it, you know, in their element, like they'll relate with those people. This, mm. this past Sunday, in fact, I, um, I was at the end, end of, a, of a service night and I'm, I'm just greeting people and having fun. We're, we're talking to people and there's this one guy, I could see him out of the corner of my eye and he was eager, right? And I looked over at him. I said, hey, man. And he's like, hey, I just want to tell you, like, today was just amazing for me. I said, man, I love that. I go, uh, is this your first time? He said, it is. I said, man, I love it. I said, where, where, you know, where do you live? He's like, I live down the street. I said, okay, cool, cool. I said, what do you do for work? He's like, well, I'm actually just starting a new job. I'm so excited. This Wednesday I get this new job. I said, great, what is it in? And he couldn't really figure it out. He's like, oh, like, uh, in this field. I'm like, oh, all right, well, great, good for you. He's like, hey, so he leans forward and he wants to whisper something in my ear. And he says, yeah, I just want you to know, like, uh, I just got out of prison on, on, on Thursday. And I said, well, welcome home. Hmm. All right. So that part of your life is over. I said, did you learn? He said, man, I learned a lot. He said, I was able to get out a couple of years before because of good behavior. And I started to figure out that my way was just not going to work. I had to, I had mm-hmm. to learn. I said, you're going to do so great here. You're going to do so great. I said, there's a community here for you. I said, man, there's places to serve. There's places to get involved. You got, you got a big life to live. Don't forget your past. Those things will keep you out of trouble. But just remember that tomorrow's a new day. And you got this. Don't go back to the old. Keep making uh, go go to the new. There's more mm. of those people than there are these beautiful artists. Mm. Those are unicorns. Mm-hmm. And if you just recognize that everybody around us, um, if we're trying to reach humans and we go, you know, out to countries and countries away to try to make a difference, man, we can make a difference right in our backyard. We just got to mm. open yeah. our eyes. It's right here. So anyways, 
Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Andy, if people want to, uh, if they're in Charlotte or when they're strolling through, how do they, how do they connect with you besides hunting, hunting you down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my agency is called theory, communication and design theory as in, you know, an idea, T H E O R Y theory, communication and design. We're based in Charlotte. Um, and you can find us there and the community, I rarely ever call it a church because church has such a negative connotation to normal humans. Um, yeah. Church has the the idea that, oh, well, I don't really wouldn't belong there or I have to get rid of or clean myself up. So I just uh, it kind of irks me a little bit. So, you know, we kind of call it our community. So if you ever are in Charlotte at all and you want to stop by every Sunday, I'm at a place that we call Factory. And it's uh, you can find us on, on online at factorychurch.com or um, on social um, uh Factory Church CLT for Charlotte, and you can find us there. And we're constantly doing crazy things. I got a huge serve day coming up in two weeks that we are going to do so many creative things here in our community, um, serving uh, like uh, like you said before our homeless neighbors. But we're also been going another step above that and really adapting um, city blocks and our housing projects here locally, mm-hmm. and doing something really killer for them. Uh, doing some neat things in their neighborhoods, uh, creating community for them, um, opening up opportunities, um, using people that are really smart in our community that can help them with job fairs and, and things of that nature, um, and then helping them get from that that stage. They, they they kind of came out of homelessness, but they're in this phase in life, but that that's not their end goal. So let's, let's help them get to their next goals. And so, man, we have in a couple of weeks, we have a CERB week coming up that we're doing projects all over the city. I'm pretty pumped about that. So it's cool. Yeah. I'm thankful for, awesome. for being a part of something that's bigger than myself. Hmm, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for coming on today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah. Everyone's going to love us. Um, yeah. And we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me on. You've been listening to How to Fairy Tale. You can find all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay up with our show, suggest a guest, or ask us a question, we'd love to hear from you at our Instagram handle. Not a fairy tale.